Hello, hello. This is the Thoughtful Edge podcast, and uh, today is my guest, Elon Salfati, who is the founder and the CEO of the Salfati Group. And uh, uh, my today's guest is uh, pretty interesting because he has also the engineering career as myself, and I believe that pretty much of my audience as well. And uh, he made this transition from engineer to a founder and to an entrepreneur. And uh, this uh, kind of way and uh, this move is uh, always fascinating for me personally, and I would love I would love to hear more about that story from you, Elon, today. So, could you please tell us about yourself as an introduction? As an introduction. Yes, perfect. So, thank you for the the nice intro. I'm very happy to be here. Um, you know, I think for me, uh, I started my career around. 13 years ago with the Israeli counterintelligence unit where, uh, you know, I did a lot of software development projects. Uh, and I think this is where my tech career started. Uh, but since then, I've been in software engineering for, you know, until today, honestly, uh, even now being a founder. But, you know, once you get to a point in your career, the for me it was at least the obvious next step was you know building something of my own. Um, and you know, if you as an engineer, if you take all this background, all this knowledge, uh, we have like as engineers, we have a lot of tools to to take us to the next step. Um, so. That's what I did, and since then I've founded a few companies, and I'm currently, uh, like we mentioned, the founder of Salfati Group, where we focused primarily on actually helping early stage startups. Right, so we're a startup studio. Um, yeah. Nice, nice. Th- those stories are always fascinating because every engineer, like almost every engineer I talk to. Uh, has this idea of starting his own company or starting his own product or making or ha- having some pet project at home and uh, maybe doing something in parallel with their main job. Uh, but not many of us are determined enough to get to some stage when uh, they can like go out and say, oh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Is there anything in particular? What inspired you to make you the leap from software engineer to a startup founder? Maybe there was a specific moment or experience that was a catalyst for this change. Uh, it's a funny one, actually. So I was, uh, I think, probably one of the early positions that I had was a software engineer at, a, at an API security company. And when I uh, joined this company, I was like the only software engineer in the company and I grew like the entire R&D underneath me hired, you know, engineers, data scientists, QA, product managers. And it was funny because at some point, like I I received this like title of director of R&D because I grew like the entire company. There was no VP of R&D and it was like kind of my position, but I never got the title. (laughs) And funny enough, at some point, after this company hired like four VPs of R&Ds, fired them after a month, uh, it was like I was the obvious next choice. And when they started to do, when they decided to hire another VP of R&D, like that was the the point where I said, okay, that's it. 
in any case, I'm like managing this entire product development and the entire team. I deserve better. Uh, and that's ex- actually where I met or when I met uh, my previous two co-founders. Uh, they just started to ideate around how we can help um, private banks in Switzerland. And one of uh, my co-founders who is also like born in Israel, but then moved to Switzerland, uh, decided like we need someone from Israel to, to lead the, uh, the engineering part as a founder. And this is where we, when we actually met, um, you know, I always preferred to get into a position where I can learn more rather than, you know, financially get more. Um, and, you know, it was the obvious choice at that point. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I was always uh, chasing the opportunity there where I will have uh, more responsibilities, where I will need to learn more exactly. stuff, where I will to meet more people. And it was not always about the money. However, money like went after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, if, you, if you push it a little bit, then this is where you mm-hmm. say, okay, like I've learned enough and now I can like solve the money problem <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and uh, yeah and uh, then it always comes to some coincidence as well like as you mentioned uh you wanted you wanted other position you wanted to move farther and then uh, you've met some guys who were also determined to do something and then uh, this the spark started and started the <laughs> fire and then it went on exactly uh tell me yeah, tell me, please, how has your technical background influenced your approach to entre- entrepreneurship? Uh, mm-hmm. what, unique, what unique skills do you think software engineer bring to the table when starting a business? Oh, so I think the biggest benefit of being a software engineer and a founder, especially when you do this, I think the most obvious transition is getting to a point where you're the founder and CTO of a startup. And then at some point you become, well, not everyone is, depends on the you know, personality of someone, but you might become the CEO of that uh, company. And I think the biggest advantages that we as engineers have is the analytical approach, right? So if you look at many, 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 many startups out there, the CEO is often a business uh, person. And often they are very driven by the you know, feelings and by their understanding of the world, but it's not analytical, right? And for me, the way that I manage the company is, or the way that I manage all the employees, it's always about getting those data-driven decisions, right? I want to see data. I want to see how many customers are we actually contacting every week, right? Mm, It's just analytical, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and once you do that into, and you bring that into the business side, uh, this is where things just becomes much more, in my eyes, successful. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Like uh, uh, very often when I talk to some entrepreneurs and uh, their vision and their uh, uh, like imagination of the future, very often they lack those details those small pieces that will help them progress uh, even more farther and being more successful. 
And uh, it's a good point that you brought up that analytical skills that every software engineer uh, possesses is uh, something that might be crucial to every every venture, not only startup, but uh, yeah. any other company. So in your journey as an as entrepreneur, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced while uh, having this transition from a technical role to a leadership position? And uh, how did you overcome them? Uh Uh, that's funny. It's actually a product problem um, or a mentality problem, if you'd, if you'd prefer. Uh, so I think that as engineers, uh, by, by default, we aren't so great at building products. We are very good at solving technical solutions. We are very good at identifying how, they, like, how to implement the user flow or how to make it Uh, efficient and like all those stuff but at the early stage startup uh, stage none of it matters <laughs> so it's all about the user journey and it's all about understanding the problem that you're trying to solve understanding the pain often actually the emotional pain that you're trying to solve and at that point you want to solve for this it doesn't matter that the product is not efficient it doesn't matter that the Uh, that everything is like in a huge monolith, it, like none of it matters. Are you solving the problem or not? <laughs> and I think that many engineers, including myself, like this is where we are, aren't great. And once we get to this point of becoming entrepreneurs and we are building this amazing product and it took us four to five months to bring something that we are happy to because we wanted it to be perfect. And then we bring it out to the new customer and said, well, that's nice, but that's not actually my problem. Like that's the awakening call. <laughs> Resonates with me, with myself. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing myself and I'm seeing my peer engineers as well. When we look at some uh, requests from the products about building one or another feature, uh, the, mostly the user is thought about the last uh, Uh, but not uh, but the but the architecture the technology stack the whatever tech depth we want to handle and uh, it's a huge point that you brought up that we'd rather point on user and the ultimate experience and uh, uh, not uh, those small pieces that will make engineers happy but wouldn't make users happy and it's And it's more crucial when you're in the startup. You want to deliver fast. You want to like learn more. You want to gain customers, and you definitely yes. don't want. You definitely don't want a huge amount of tech debt, but like, <laughs> just plan accordingly and have your priorities. Like, let's say I will do. I will do that tech debt uh, later. I will uh, bring uh, bring up more microservices later, or do some other fancy architecture. Maybe in a year or really half a year or several months when I will have enough time. Yeah, that's very, very insightful. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> if we are moving on and uh, talking more about building the teams, uh, how did you go about building your team? And what qualities did you look for in your initial hires? And how important was you uh, for you to strike a balance between technical and non-technical team members? Yeah, so I'll be honest, I'm not sure that I already figured it out 100%. Uh, still I'm, I think that I'm still figuring it out, but all of it I will probably 
we'll always figure new things out. But uh, this one in particular is interesting because I've been through many iterations of hiring the first team, right? So it's my third company now. Safati Group is my third company. And I also helped many early, other early stage startups uh, hire. I've tried a lot of approaches, right? So I, I've heard anything from like you lack uh, financial resources, hire juniors, right? And then train them in-house and, uh, you know, you'll have everything uh, ready and cheap. So that didn't work because like you invest 80% of your time training them. And when they are ready, finally, in, it can take sometimes just... a year. They just go, they right? Just Someone pays them like <laughs> yeah. triple the amount. And I've heard, um, you know, the first 10 employees must be seniors because they will be able to deliver. But then, but then what I did is I hired like seniors, 10 plus years, and they lack the, the spark. They like the, the like the passion, right? So they don't as eager as juniors to like conquer the world. Often, right? Not 100%, but that's what happened. Um, and then eventually, at some point, I started hiring based on like the, the person's fire to the mission, right? Are you, like, do you believe in the mission? Do you, like, if you could have done anything, would, would you have done what we are doing? Is it something that you want to do in any case? And I think that passion is the key to hiring good teams because it doesn't matter the, the experience. If you have the passion, they will learn. And if they are already experienced, they will teach others. So you need like a mix of passionate people, <laughs> those who will put the mission as first priority. Hmm. Interesting perspective. Yeah, it's definitely crucial for any startup to build a strong team and uh, to balance their skills. And uh, as you mentioned, like maybe trying different approaches, which works, which does not. Uh, but that idea of just trying to match people to your culture, to your mission and uh, to your aspirations, uh, it's very insightful. And uh, ultimately, I believe that worked well. And uh, like you just started to get more and more people that are engaged, that are more interested in the success of the company. And they are uh, ready to bring best of themselves to the work and uh, to the project they do. And uh, uh, yeah, I like that idea personally because I also believe the culture is uh, is an essence of every organization, of every company. And, uh, I believe it's even more important for the startup to operate that way because there is a scarcity of resources, scarcity of time, and uh, you don't want to yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> wait, you don't win, you don't want to waste them like on something that's uh, not not that important. Uh, and um, with that in mind, let's discuss uh, staying up to date with industry trends and technological advancements. Uh, as a founder with the software software engineering background, uh, I believe you have always adaptation to learn about all of the technologies, all the uh, new stuff on the market, and uh, still 
ensure that your company remains remains agile and innovative. So how you how you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny. I actually had this conversation uh, not too long ago with a friend. He asked me pretty much the same question, and. I actually didn't know the answer at the beginning. Like I felt like I was up to date with most of the stuff. I wasn't too well formed. Um, I think, first of all, like a big shout out to a friend of mine at uh, Ido, the CTO and founder of Daily Dev. I love their product. Um, to those who's listening who aren't familiar with the product, it's an extension. Uh, that sits on the top of the browser, and whenever you open a new tab, you just see a lot of new um, blog posts and articles around the things that are interesting to us engineers. Uh, and I love it; it's always on the top of my uh, on top of my desktop, and just keep like reading new stuff. Just the title, as even, um, but it's perfect. I love it. And then on top of that, Wait obviously... A Wait a uh-huh. second, I'm taking a note. How is it called? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Daily Dev. <laughs> okay, Daily Dev Browser Extension, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. They're a cool team. <laughs> cool. Um, um, what? And then on top of Anything that, else? I think, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, I try to keep my network uh, focused on the, the people that I'm I'm interested in, and usually, you know, me as a founder, me as a software engineer, like my network is pretty much a lot of similar personas around me. Um, you know, just hearing everyone who's willing to share their knowledge with me. <laughs> hmm. Can you can you share any uh, like famous people on the internet that uh, you follow and uh, admire? Yeah, so I, I'm. I really like the CEO of uh, Cal.com. Um, the like insights on how to build a startups is incredible. Just generally speaking, I really love open source startups, and some of them go to this extension of becoming an open startup, uh, like Cal.com, and they just completely share their entire process. Uh, everything from internal metrics to how they hire and everything. So it's, it's very inspirational. And I'm really fascinated about, uh, they go by a Levzio on Twitter. Uh, they are like, he is the co-founder of Nomad List and also an open startup. He shares everything online. Uh, it's quite interesting to see as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for sharing. I believe I will follow them as well from now on. <laughs> and uh, uh, as as one of my guests previously mentioned, that uh, another good source of uh, information and new trends and uh, newer things that are happening on the market is, uh, yeah, expose yourself more to offline events, going to conferences, uh, visiting. Uh, different places where the people pres- present their work and talk about their achievements and their products. Uh, this is also, I found for myself, this is also valuable advice, like just yeah. going out more, like meet the people and uh, especially the uh, conference and tech. And uh, as I live in Bay Area, we have just an abundance of that. And uh, <laughs> I believe you 
might have as well in your area where you yeah, live right yeah, now. Definitely. Actually, as a founder, this is, you know, you just meet so interesting people at those events. Um, a lot of venture capitals and angel investors and other founders. It's just, it's inspiring to see. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, just like meeting people. I enjoy doing that. I enjoy like talking to them and like learning yeah. about their experience, about their ways and the way they do stuff. Okay, moving on. Uh, let's talk about effectively communicating technical concepts to non-technical stakeholders, <laughs> such as investors or customers, in a way that uh, is both engaging and informative. Oh, yeah, my go-to is not to communicate the technical stuff. It's communicating the <laughs> it's communicating the the benefits, uh, and I think it goes. You know, not only to um, stakeholders or VCs, or it goes all the way to the customers and even internally. Honestly, it's also something that us engineers often tend to forget. No one cares about the fact that you can uh, click on the keyboard on C and it will create a new, you know, whatever component in the system. They all care about the fact that you made their life uh, shorter. That the time, sorry, oh my god, not their life shorter. That the task is shorter. Uh, it's it's all about uh, solving the pain again, right? So, if we take for example Superhuman, right, the email client. It's not about all the shortcuts. It's not about the user experience. It's about answering and replying to all your network, to all the incoming traffic quickly. Right? That's what you're trying to pitch. And, and and for me, that's the message. It's not about the, the technical stuff. Rarely, rarely I've encountered people who actually care about the technical stuff. Usually it's the, at the implementation stage. And usually at that point, you can talk to a CISO, to a VP of R&D, to a DevOps engineer, and, and then it's very easy to communicate those stuff, right? Because it's like their job. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I see. I see very well uh, the point here. So when you talk to customers and stakeholders, you want to talk about the pain, the problem you solve, yes. the value <laughs> that product, the value that product br brings to the table, and uh, not about that small technical aspects. Yeah. However, it sometimes it is important. <laughs> Yeah, especially when you are uh, not coding day to day, you're not dealing with the technologies either. So it's uh, it would be definitely hard to you uh, for you to explain for a stakeholder how to initialize a bean in Spring Boot <laughs> or <laughs> something like That's that. True. Okay, okay, I'm moving on then, and uh, uh, as a founder, as uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, and uh, giving the demand and nature of running a startup and uh, the potential for long hours and high stress levels, uh, how do you maintain a health work-life balance or do you at all? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a big believer at this statement that says, like, if you do something that you love, uh, you don't work a day in your life. And... Honestly, as founders, we get to choose, right? 
we get to choose what we work on. We get to choose what mission we embark on. And I don't feel like I'm working. I'm working in insane hours. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like I'm working. Um, I would have done it in any way, even if I weren't receiving money for it. Um, so like, mm. I don't know. You, you get to, you know, you, I get to walk the door, the dog at the middle of the day because, you know, I can, and I get to work on the things that I love. <laughs> I see. I see. So you actually, you don't even differentiate now, like the work in exactly. your life. So you just live your life. You, you just do, you just yeah. do things that you enjoy to do. Like yeah, either it's walking out the dog or like hanging out with friends or, doing some uh, stuff in your venture or, or like meeting with customers or yeah uh, working with a team it's what a could be better? very beautiful <laughs> yeah it's a very beautiful concept uh, i like that a lot and i'm trying to embrace that in my life too uh just don't perceive your work as just work uh, it is yeah. some <laughs> like if you don't if you don't like what you do why why do you work there you'd rather <laughs> love your work you'd rather oh, love yeah. whatever you do and then uh, and then everything will start uncover and then will you will realize it is just the life which goes this way you do that stuff in the morning then something else afternoon and then uh, whatever it is coming in the evening and like just uh, embrace it and enjoy <laughs> there is no there is no other <laughs> way around yeah uh, so true uh, I Beautiful concept. I like it very much. Uh, as we continue, let's discuss advice for the software engineers considering becoming an entrepreneur. Is there anything you uh, uh, can suggest? Is there anything from your own experience that was a key point for you that maybe helped you along the way? Oh, I like this question, actually. So um, what I'm doing today at Salfati Group is that we are helping, uh, like I said at the beginning, we're helping early stage founders reach uh, early product market fit. And the way that I believe startups should be built, it's all about building sustainable businesses rather than only hyper growth startups. And it goes like all the way, right? Because you will get the best term sheet for a seed investment when you don't need the money. <laughs> like those are the best deals. And you you will build the best team when you actually care about every cent that you spend and when you actually care about every customer that you spend and your entire focus will go into the direction of gaining that business, right? And at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. Um, so that's what I pitch to all the companies in our portfolio. It's all about like building the sustainable business. And for us, software engineers, we get to bring to the table, for me, probably, I would say the most expensive part of building a business because I, I, I accept the fact that most software engineers don't feel comfortable doing the sales part and guilty as charged, right? I, I don't like it. Um, but I think that when you change perspective and when you get to a point where we say, hey, we are building a solution that solves a real pain, right? 
and, and you need to to bring your own resources to get to a point where you can say that um, you're solving a real a real pain. Often it's something that we can relate to. I'm not selling, right? I'm trying to help people solve the same pain that I'm feeling. Uh, and at this point, it made my life so much easier. And it just, the sales part are just not expensive. It's not an expensive thing to do. It's just talking to people. It's just your time. Mm. And as software engineers, we bring in the expensive part because you need to build a product and no one will build the product for free for you. It's much harder to learn software engineering and cloud infrastructure and you know, AI and all the crazy technology that is happening today. So build something, build something small and build it only after you know the definition of the problem. Start with the problem, with the pain, talk to people at the beginning. And once you understand the pain, once you, understand, once you have people who say, hey, yes, I will use this tool. Then build an MVP no longer than two weeks. It's hard for us to hear, but two weeks. <laughs> Solve 90% mm. of the problem, 10% of the time. This is like how you achieve success. How you achieve business, that's even better. Yeah. So the same, the same concept, like embrace whatever you need to do. Like if you're just selling, just don't like... Don't say it is selling. It is just you're talking to people and trying to solve their problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and uh, as we are wrapping up and finally, let's reflect on some of uh, key lessons uh, learned uh, uh, through through your journey. What are the, some of the final things uh, you want to recommend or tell the listeners about your journey as a software engineer uh, turning entrepreneur that you believe uh, crucial uh, mm -hmm. like in both fields uh, I think um, don't afraid to ask for help from the right organizations usually uh, first timers it's, it's a hard journey to be in um, it's an emotional journey to be in and it's It's okay to bring a lot of similar minds around you, people that can help you on your journey. And us. Like, don't underestimate the founders community. We all want to help each other. Um, like, ask for help. Get guidance on how you do it. Even you know, in many cases, you will need to even give equity away. And it's fine. It's like your first journey. Entrepreneurship is not one startup. It's about defining your own personal mission and following that throughout your life <laughs> and it can change it's fine but it it needs to have some core that you follow so don't be afraid to ask for help and then don't afraid to start like just do <laughs> people just get awesome. so wrapped up in their mind building the product or in defining the marketing or just will it work or will it not just try <laughs> the best way to find out amazing amazing just don't afraid and get it done just start maybe not get it done but just start and then mm -hmm. you'll realize uh where it will guide you or like is it gonna be successful yeah you know i think that <laughs> i actually got this exercise from a friend of mine uh, i was on their advisory board and uh he told me once You know, you hear about all those successful founders, uh, you know, the 
feel Twitter kind of guys, but just as an exercise, if you will go to all those founders and you will scroll through their experience on LinkedIn, probably like 80% of them, you will see maybe six or seven other co-founder positions at different companies, usually six or seven positions where they fail. This is how you grow. Like you need to fail six or seven times to have a successful company. I hope that you, that, you know, anyone who's listening and trying, you won't, but it's probably going to happen. And this is how you learn. <laughs> good statistic as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, yeah, good advice. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, Hilan, for joining me today. And uh, for Thanks everybody for who's me. listening, subs- uh, subscribe to Elon LinkedIn. I will post the link to uh, the description of this video. And uh, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Bye.